16 teams, 4 divisions, blood, sweat, and tears, with one ultimate goal, to bring home the best trophy in sports, the Stanley Cup. Time takes down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup! They have reached the top of the mountain! Now, here's Mac and Matt with the Center Ice Playoff Preview. Welcome to Center Ice. Very excited to bring you our playoff preview show. Matt and I have been waiting a long time for this. Playoff hockey is finally here. And it's just a little something to get us through this pandemic that has continued, at least here in Canada. It's still, we're still, you know, a few months behind, say, the United States. But things are getting better here and, and we have playoff hockey to look forward to. So let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's jump right into it, Mac, uh, and get into these previews. Uh, first one, let's talk about Pittsburgh and the New York Islanders. Now, as much as it pains me to say this, Mac, uh, I will admit the Pittsburgh Penguins had a very good season. <laughs> you, you, Mac, and anyone that's listened to this show regularly knows I keep saying the Penguins are going to shrivel up and die for a few years like the Blackhawks are doing right now. But it, Credit to the Penguins where credit's due, Mac. They just keep finding ways to win. Even when their core is banged up, when guys like Malkin and Crosby aren't at the top of their game, they just continue to find ways to win. And uh, I got to give them credit on that point, as much as it pains me to say it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't think a lot of people remember that when Brian Burke took over, this was a team that was kind of, a mess. I mean, they were not doing well in the standings. They were inconsistent. They weren't getting any good goaltending from any goalie on their roster. And, you know, it was the usual suspects putting out points of Genny Malkin was injured for a good deal of the year. But really, it's not just Burke taking over. I think it's this team kind of finding their footing and figuring out how to play defensively, which is not something that happens overnight. It takes time. But they've had a good regular season, and, and they deserve credit, like you said. I don't think they're they're a huge threat to go a long way, but I do think you have to give them respect, and I do think this is going to be a great series with the New York Islanders. Yeah, I do too. Uh, well, the, let's be honest. The, the last series between these two teams was quite a dud. <laughs> Islanders swooping in four games. But I suspect that this series is going to be – a much tighter series than some people will predict. The Islanders, the thing with the Islanders is as long as they have Barry Trotz and he's coaching them the way we know we can coach them. Yeah, the Islanders have fallen off a bit recently, but you got to remember the Islanders have great goaltending in Varlamov and Sisorkin. You've got, you've got some great defensive pairings there with Pelch and Ryan Pollock and these guys are great defenders, Mac. And, of course, you can't go without mentioning the forward core, Barzell, Bailey, Eberle, Pajot. This is a good Islanders team that has had their struggles lately. But if if they've gotten over their struggles now, Mac, uh, th this is a team that is technically in fourth. But remember, just a few weeks ago, Mac, you and I were talking about how they were in line to win the division. So you can't underestimate the New York Islanders here. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I have, have done this before and it hasn't turned out very well for either of us, but I think 
for the first time ever that I can remember, I'm going to pick the New York Islanders to win a playoff series. And I think they're going to win this one in seven. I think it's going to be a really good series. I think Pittsburgh is going to play well, but ultimately, like you mentioned, the depth, the physicality, the coaching, and the goaltending, all of those advantages go to the Islanders. Really, I would say the only advantage Pittsburgh has is they have game breakers like Crosby and Malkin and Gensel, but really just everywhere else, New York is better. And I just think if it's too much for Pittsburgh to overcome. I think it's going to be low scoring. I do, but I think that also favors the Islanders. So I'll say Islanders in seven games. Yeah, I'm going to take the Islanders as well. Just as you mentioned, everything kind of tilts in the favor of the Islanders. And you and I may be burned on this in a couple of weeks, but I'm going to take the Islanders in six. I think the goaltending difference is large enough that it could cost the Penguins a game. We'll have to wait and see, of course. But overall, it will be close regardless of whether it goes to six or seven. But I'm taking the Islanders as well. All right, let's jump to the Capitals and Boston Bruins. And before we start this series, I just want to say that I am not looking forward to this one for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't like Tom Wilson. And I don't think anybody does except for maybe his teammates and the Capitals ownership group. And number two, I don't like the Boston Bruins. So uh, I don't know who to root for here. I guess I'll just not root for anyone. Obviously, I have Toronto to root for in their series. Um, But this is interesting because as good as Washington did in the regular season, this is still a team that has a lot of problems, including – kind of the a lot of COVID issues with guys like Samsonov and Kuznetsov seems to be in a doghouse. I mean, even though they've been better defensively, their offensive totals are really low this year. Like Nicholas Backstrom led the team with 53 points. And I don't think their defense core is that great, even with Sedano Chara. And I like the storyline of Chara coming back and playing against the Bruins in his first season apart from that organization. But I just think the Bruins got hot at the right time. They're a good team. They have the advantage in a lot of areas. Um, And I think the additions of Taylor Hall and Mike Riley combined with, you know, David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and of course, Tuka Rask and Jeremy Swayman, I think, I think Boston has the edge here, although I I don't know how good I feel about it. I just think there's something off about Washington. I mean, even Anthony Manta hasn't really been that good. And, and you and I criticized uh, Capitals management for making that huge trade. And right now it's not looking too good. I mean, Jacob Brana has been excellent since joining the Red Wings and playing most of his games without Dylan Larkin. So Anthony Mantha better have something special in store or else they're going to get burned on that trade. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I tend to lean towards the side of Boston. I know it, it pains you, Mac, but just looking at this Washington team, they've really had a roller coaster of this of a season. They've been at the top of the division and then they just fell out of first in the last few weeks. And the thing with the Capitals is I look at the two teams here, Mac, which I think which team has been more consistent this year? And both teams have had their 
downs and they've been pretty hard downs. But recently, Boston's been running the hot hand, as you said. They seem to have been winning more consistently. They, they were probably going to pass Washington if the season kept going. It was pretty close finish in the standings. And I just see Boston having the edge. You mentioned how their offense has really come alive. You got Taylor Hall. You've got the uh, super line Mac, uh, Pasternak and Bergeron and the co there. That is obviously one of the best lines, if not the best lines in the league. And I look at Washington's defense, Mac, and it's, it's certainly not the worst in the playoffs. But when I look at it, do I see guys like Carlson and Chara stopping that line every night plus Taylor Hall? I don't see it. And I think that Boston, just on their offense alone, slightly edges out, edges out Washington. Now, with that being said, if Alex Ovechkin and Backstrom and Co. can get it going, things change rapidly. But I just haven't seen it, and I know you haven't seen it either. Uh, you mentioned how Backstrom has led the team with 53 points, and that's not a bad performance, but you're expecting more from your offensive guns. And I, I just don't see them coming alive, Mac. I, I really don't. And it, it pains me to say this, but I, I'm going to take Boston in this series, but I'm going to take them in seven. I, I really do think that if Washington can find their groove, they can very easily win this series. Yeah, the biggest question is goaltending and the health of both goalies for uh, Washington. But I agree with you. I think just there's a little too much leaning in the Bruins' favor. You mentioned the momentum that they're carrying into the playoffs and the fact that they probably would have passed Washington if the regular season had, say, you know, four or five more games. I don't think the Bruins are going to go that far this year, but I do think they're going to win this series. And having said that, the thing about the Capitals is they do play physical. They're a big team. They've got a lot of forward depth. There's a lot of good things going on there. Uh, I have to mention how good the power play and penalty kill have been. I mean, Peter Laviolette has transformed the penalty kill into the fifth best penalty kill in the league and also the third best power play, like I mentioned. So you can't sleep on those stats, but I just worry about the goaltending right now. And if neither of those goalies are healthy, it's going to be tough for them to win with someone like Craig Anderson. And let's be honest. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a big Craig Anderson fan, but Craig Anderson isn't the goalie he used to be. I, I just don't see Washington or Boston going very far, but you know, it's the playoffs. We've been uh, proven wrong plenty of times before. But I am. Yeah, to... absolutely. Let's uh, yeah. Let's move to the central. Yep. And uh, first series in the central, Mac, uh, Carolina and Nashville. Now this is a series, Mac, where I see two sides of coin. I see a team on the up and up, Mac, the Carolina Hurricanes, who just got edged out for the President's Trophy this year. They were incredible this year. They played very well through the entire season. And they're coming into the playoffs on a losing streak. But to be fair, they were resting pretty much all their top players in those final couple games against the Predators. So I don't take those two games as much of a uh, preview of what we're going to see in this series. So 
I think Carolina is going to win this series. The que- the only question is how easily. And for me, the it comes down to how good is Saros going to play? Because Saros has played extremely well this year, almost Vesna worthy. Uh, he'll certainly be in the conversation, Mac, with him basically willing the Predators to a playoff spot. But I think that Carolina, they just have too much, Mac. You look at what Carolina's got. You've got Svechnikov, Aho, Nechi, Slavin. This is a really good team. And of course, you got the great defense as well. I really, really like what Carolina has to offer. I know you do too. And this is going to be an exciting playoff run for the Hurricanes once they get out of the first round. Now, is there the potential for Nashville to upset Carolina? I wouldn't rule it out. You can never rule it out on any team. But you look at the team they had this year. I mentioned Soros. He had a really good year this year, 927 save percentage. But you look at the rest of the team, guys like Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm, Forsberg, they can be really good. They had their ups and downs this year. If they, if their core can get going here, Mac, then it could be a much closer series than what I'm thinking it will be. But at the moment, I just look at what the two teams have to offer, what they did through the season. The only thing pulling me a little towards Nashville is Soros. But between the two, I'm going to take the Hurricanes in five. Oh, nice. Yeah, I agree with what you said about Nashville. Like, you can't count them out here. They've shown that they're a better defensive club, especially this year. And Saros has the potential to steal a few games. I mean, I guess what it will come down to for Nashville is can they get some scoring up and down the lineup? Because really, it's been pretty inconsistent all year. But if guys like Arvidsson and Yarncroft and Forsberg, and even maybe you'll get some goals from Johansson, you never know. Uh, you know, Tolvanen's had a good year. If those guys can score, they certainly have a chance because I don't think this series is going to be particularly high scoring. I think there's excellent goaltending from both sides. But like you said, there's just a little too much in the Hurricanes' favor. They're younger. They're kind of more in their window than Nashville is to potentially win the Cup. So I'm going to take the Hurricanes in six. All righty. So... Let's move on to the other Central Division series, uh, a matchup that's been over 20 years in the making, Mac, the Florida Panthers against their state rival, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And this is going to be, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best series in the first round of these playoffs, because I really don't think it'll take long for a rivalry to really boil over with these two teams. Both teams have a lot to play for, a lot of pride, and I think it's going to be very close. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are certainly in tough to repeat this year. I, I personally don't see it happening, Mac. But that's not the point of this video at the moment, and this episode. And I think between these two, Mac, it's so close. The thing that makes it tough for me to make a call on this one is how do I read Florida this year, Mac? Because... Florida, to me, has been so streaky. They, they're coming into the playoffs on a very high note here, Mac. They've won six in a row coming into the playoffs, and the Lightning have been losers of three. But that doesn't mean a whole lot when you, it actually gets to the first game of the playoffs. And I look at Florida, and they've had a really good year. Let, let's not 
beat around the bush here. You got Barkov and Huberto putting up some great numbers this year. Huberto finishing with 61 and Barkov with 58. And their goaltending, that's where they've really come into their own this year. Sergei Bobrovsky had a bit of a bounce back year this year. Chris Drieger had surprised everyone. And it's also worth mentioning Spencer Knight. So the Florida Panthers are going to have to pick who do they want to run with in game one? That's going to be an interesting call by Coach Q and the staff in Florida. And then you look at Tampa, and Tampa has also been a bit streaky this year, Mac, and that's not uncommon for teams that are coming off a Stanley Cup win. But it's important to remember that this is still a team that just under, just, yeah, under a year ago won the Stanley Cup, and they won it in pretty convincing fashion. Remember, you've got guys like Kucherov and Stamkos returning, and if they can stay healthy, that's a big boost for this Tampa team. You've got Hedman, you've got Sergachev, you've got McDonough, Cernak. This is an incredible defensive core there, Mac. And it's also important to remember they acquired a guy like Savard from the Blue Jackets as well. And this is not even mentioning Andre Vavlovsky. So Vasilevsky. And I think that this Tampa team, even though they've been streaky this year, it's hard to count out the Tampa Bay Lightning. I really do like what Florida did this year. But between the two teams, I look at which team, when they're playing their best, is going to is going to more consistently win. And I think that's Tampa Bay. The only question for me with Tampa Bay, Mac, is can they stay healthy? Because if they aren't healthy, then I lean more towards Florida. But if they stay healthy and they play consistently – we know goaltending won't be a problem for either one of these teams. I think it'll actually be a bit of a lower scoring series, but I, I think I'm leading just a little bit towards Tampa Bay, but I, I got to admit Florida is very tempting and it really comes down to injuries, but to, to make a call right now, I'm going to take Tampa in seven. I had a really tough time with this one bouncing back and forth because I have constantly evaluated Florida this year because of the start of the year, I'll admit, and I said it on the podcast, I don't think this is a team that is as good as their record shows, but they had some kind of lulls in their season. The thing that sticks out to me is when they play these top teams in their division, they seem to do pretty well against them. And yeah, they struggle with a team like Carolina, but that's because Carolina is one of the best teams in the league. And there's a reason they finished on top of the division, but I would say they played Tampa Bay very well and they don't have a lot of big names except for guys like, uh, like you mentioned, Barkov, Huberto, etc. Mackenzie Weger is a huge reason for their success. Remember when Aaron Ekblad went out with that injury people were worried because a lot of people thought that Ekblad was their best defenseman, but it turns out that Mackenzie Weger is, and he's the one that's been making Aaron Ekblad look really good, even though he is still a quality defenseman. But the thing that really makes me hesitate in terms of picking Florida is just, I don't see it on their back end. Like Tampa Bay's back end is ridiculously good. Like the fact that they added David Savard, at the trade deadline is just not fair. And you've got Uyghur and he's great. Don't get me wrong, but knowing John Cooper and knowing the Tampa Bay lightning, they're going to put together a plan to kind of shut down or contain 
Mackenzie Weger. They're going to hit him a lot. They know how important he is to their team. And they're going to do the same thing with Barkov and Huberto. So I just, I don't see enough options for Florida to really pull through in this series. Although, admittedly, I think this is going six or seven either way. I think the thing that I'm most interested in is who do they start? I think they might go with Dreger. What do you think? I think they'll lean towards Chris Dreger just because he's had some more games played this season. And when he's been on Mac, he's been one of the best in the league. So I think they'll lean towards him. But I think they're going to have every goalie on a tightrope map. So if they see one of them starting to fault, they're going to yank him. They know that they can't fall behind to this Tampa team by much because Tampa can strike at any moment. And they're going to have the goaltending on a tight leash. And why wouldn't they? When you had got three really good goalies, play the hot hand. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll go with Tampa Bay in seven, but I think this is going to be a great series. Oh, I do too. I, as I mentioned off the top, I think this is going to be one of the best series in the first round. It's, it's going to be exciting. This is a series a lot of people have wanted to see for a long time, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Yep, let's uh, jump to the West. Yep, let's do that, and let's jump in to the Colorado and St. Louis series here, Mac. Now, what are your thoughts on this series? Because if this was even just a year ago, I think I'd be a lot more excited about this series. But I look at the the trajectory the two teams are on, and I just have to go with Colorado in this one. St. Louis, for a good chunk of the season, it looked like they were going to miss the playoffs. They finally got things together. Injuries really hurt them. That's important to mention. But they've got the their key guys back. They got Tarasenko back, which is a huge boost to the St. Louis Blues. And of course, you got Jordan Bennington, who's had a bit of an up and down year, but has seemed to have found his groove lately. The question I ask myself right now, Mac, is: Are the Blues? Is this the highest they're going to go this season? And I think yes. And they're playing the Colorado Avalanche who are the President's Trophy winners, who are coming in on a five-game winning streak. Now, to be fair, they played a lot of L.A. and San Jose in those last few games, but 8-2-0 in their last 10. They're playing on a re- coming in on a really high note, and you, you just look at that Colorado team with McKinnon and Landis Cog. This is an incredible team, Mac, and I didn't even get around to mentioning the defense for the Avalanche. The Avalanche are certainly a Stanley Cup contender. And I think a lot of experts and fans alike are thinking that the West is going to come down to Colorado and Vegas. And that's where the real talking point's going to start coming in. Because you could make an argument for either one of those teams. But when I look at these two teams, I think the Blues are good enough that they'll take a game. But they have been on a bit of a down year. I think they can rebound next year. But between those two teams, I got to take Colorado in five. Yeah, I just think this is a runaway. You mentioned everything about Colorado. They're just they're just so much better. And and look, St. Louis, the year they won the cup, they were an incredibly good team. But they've been crazy and consistent this year. And you're right, they have had a lot of injuries. 
but I question their forward depth. Um, their defense has been okay. Bennington's been solid, but not spectacular. So a lot of things haven't gone right for this St. Louis team. And, you know, Tarasenko being back is great, but he hasn't done a whole lot. And, and I think one of their biggest uh, issues all season was being without Jaden Schwartz, who is one of their best players and an upcoming free agent. I don't think they can afford to lose a guy like him, but it is possible. And there's just so many things going right for Colorado. Like, Philip Grubauer has been amazing this year. He's been one of the league's best goalies. I was watching him against Vegas the other night, and he stole the game. I mean, Vegas was dominating that game, but Grubauer just stole the game. And McKinnon had returned from injury, but it was his first game back, so he wasn't as dynamic as he normally was. And Colorado won that game somehow. The shots were just completely lopsided, and he's done that on more than one occasion. The one thing that's worth mentioning with Colorado is how much they've improved defensively this year. It's noticeable. It's a lot better. So I think that combined with the fact that they've got good goaltending, their goalies are healthy. As long as you don't have to resort to Devin Dubnik, I think you're okay. Um, it's just, there's too much in their favor, man. It's I'm taking Colorado in five. All right, let's move on to the other West series here mac and this one i'm a lot more excited about because i think it's going to be a lot closer than some people may think and that's vegas and minnesota and it's worth noting mac that minnesota actually won the season series five to three this year now all those games were pretty close that's important to mention but they did end up squeezing out a win and i think this is going to be a very close series it's going to be a very fast high scoring series it's going to be a physical series and you could make a good case for Minnesota, but I kind of spoiled my pick during our last series, and I think Vegas is going to win this series. You just look at the numbers here, Mac. Vegas is the best defensive team in the league right now, plus 67 goal differential, number one ranked penalty kill. Fleury has had a terrific season, and of course, you've always got Robin Leonard as well. They can always play those two as a tandem. And ever since Pete DeBoer came in, Mac, it this Vegas team has just played a better overall two-way game. And I just really like what Vegas, especially on the top two lines, has to offer. Uh, their depth is a little has a little to be desired, but Vegas almost won the President's Trophy this year for a reason. They played really, really well this year. And I like what Minnesota has to offer. I do, Mac. Minnesota has had a really good year. Uh, you and I to our credit, Mac, we called it back in January. We said Minnesota was going to burst onto the scene this year. And I think that they'll certainly make it tough. I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for either one of these two teams. But it, let's look at Minnesota. What do they have in their favor? They've had stellar goaltending with a tandem. And, of course, Kirill Kaposov, who is probably going to win the Calder Trophy, Mac, he had 51 points. And I think that... Minnesota is on the right, on the right trajectory here. There, if uh, they had another year, Mac, I might say Minnesota would win this series. That's how fast they're uh, improving. And let's not mention they don't even have. It's important to mention they don't even have all their top prospects up in up playing in the big club yet. So Minnesota is only going to get better. But just as it stands right now. I think Minnesota is going to give the 
Knights a real tough out, but the Knights will, just based on experience and being the overall better team, the Vegas Golden Knights will edge the Wild and Seven, in my opinion. What say you, Mac? Yeah, this was a really tough one for me because I really like both of these teams. And if you watched some of the games from the season series, you'd notice that it was pretty even and it was high scoring, like you mentioned. And Minnesota held their own. They had several impressive comebacks. And I I think I'm not going to rule out Minnesota here. Like I am going to pick the Golden Knights in seven, but I could see Minnesota taking this series and I would not be shocked at all because they have all the ingredients you need to beat a team like Vegas. And I think when you're asking about forward depth, they have the advantage there. The question is, can they shut down kind of the top two lines and contain the Vegas defense, which is very active, by the way, and led the NHL in goals for total goals by defensemen, as well as they were top five in points by all their defensemen as well. So they're tough. It's going to be an interesting series, but I think if Minnesota can kind of get that timely scoring and they can get the scoring from the bottom two lines, they might take this one. I think I think this is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. This is a preview of what Minnesota is going to be very soon. You could say the future is now, but even just looking at last year's team when they played the Canucks, they were a tough out for the Vancouver Canucks in the bubble. So this has been a long time coming for Minnesota fans. And over the next couple of years, I would not want to face this Minnesota team in the playoffs because they're only going to get better. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm just that, uh, that and Florida, Tampa Bay, the two series that I can't wait to watch. I don't uh, know about you. Yeah. Those are the two I'm looking forward to. I will end out on this Mac that if a team's going to go, a dark horse team's going to go on a run to the conference finals or even Stanley cup final this year, I'm thinking Minnesota. So even though I took Vegas, uh, I'll, I'll state now that Minnesota is my dark horse team. And for a good reason. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Let's move on to the uh, boring North division. I didn't think I'd be saying that back in uh, <laughs> January, but you look at, <laughs> but I mean, come on, Mac, you look at the series here. Toronto and Montreal. Toronto is going to it just outclasses Montreal. It's a lot like Colorado, St. Louis. And let's be honest, Montreal wouldn't have made the playoffs in a regular season. No way. They would have missed by nope. a mile. And Tor- Toronto is a Stanley Cup contending team. We've said that through the year, and I, I, I'll keep saying it now. I think that Allen is good enough to take a game for the Canadians, but Toronto is Toronto. They play incredibly well, and I'm going to take the Maple Leafs in five on that one. What about you, Mac? Yeah, I think just the Maple Leafs are going to be too much for the Habs, and they have been in the season series. I mean, they were seven and three, and there were a couple games there where Toronto didn't play well, but most of those were early in the season when the Leafs were still finding their footing and and figuring out the defensive system. So I just look at everything that's gone on with the Leafs this year. I mean, you've got Austin Matthews, who's going to win the Rocket Richard. He still has a game to play tonight, by the way. Already has 41 goals. 
And in a regular season that was 82 games, he would be on pace for, I think it was 67 goals at this rate. He has just been amazing. But also Mitch Marner, fourth in NHL scoring with 67 points. He has been the play driver as well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And defensively, he's been terrific as well. I just think with the additions they've made, these are really smart trades, getting a guy like Nick Foligno, who I've really liked in only a few games with the Leafs. He plays physical. He can provide some timely goals. He's great defensively. And I think Riley Nash is definitely coming into the lineup because he's a top defensive forward. And also even Ben Hutton's look good on the third pair. And Rasmus Sandin has started to outclass Travis Dermott. And Dermott might be a guy they lose in the expansion draft, but that's okay. Yeah, but if you look at Montreal, I mean, I'm going to say this right now, and and I don't know if you agree with me. If they did not have Tyler Toffoli and they did not have Jake Allen, can you imagine how bad they would be this year? Because I don't even want to think about that. Mm, Well, Remember, I mentioned in our last episode, Mac, that Montreal might not even might not even make the playoffs. And let's be honest, you, everything just went right for Montreal. And even then, Ottawa and Calgary were still right on their tail till the end of the season. Montreal didn't have a very good year. You're right, Tyler Toffoli and Jake Allen had really good seasons, but they kind of they basically carried the team on their back. That's what happened in Montreal. As I mentioned off the top, any other season, they would have missed the playoffs by a mile. And I think a lot of Habs fans know this. And the, the question is, will will this be enough to get Bergeron fired? I don't think so. I think the ownership sees Montreal made the playoffs, and that's good enough for them. So <laughs> that's a conversation for another time. But I, I just – I don't see Montreal winning this series. Montreal, in my opinion, is not a playoff team. And the same goes for our next series, Mac, in Edmonton and Winnipeg. Edmonton would have been a playoff team this year, especially with the way McDavid's playing. I don't think they would have finished as high in the in their regular Pacific Division, but they probably would have made it in. But once again, the, the, to me, this one's going to be a sweet, Mac. The, the way the Jets have been playing, even with the uh, Leafs not playing basically any of their stars tonight, I think the Leafs are going to beat the Jets. Because the Jets, looking at their last 10, Mac, I believe they won one in their last 10. I think it's been that bad. I'll double, I'll confirm it here because they have not been good. They've won two of their last 10, so not a whole lot better. But that Winnipeg team is just in free fall. They've been in free fall for about a month now. Injuries have really hurt the Winnipeg Jets. That's for sure. But... Winnipeg overall, you and I mentioned it at the start of the season that Winnipeg does not have a great defensive core at all. They, they've got a top bearing and that's about it. And if it wasn't for Hellebuck, the Jets would have missed the playoffs this year. Oh, absolutely. And I mentioned this in our last episode, I believe, but I've had a chance to watch a lot more of Connor Hellebuck this year. And I understand when people say, okay, maybe he hasn't been quite as good this year and the numbers aren't as good because I think the reason for that is Winnipeg defensively has been much worse defensively and um, they've played 
teams like Edmonton with McDavid and Toronto a lot more than they normally would have. And that's a lot for them to handle. But like you said, I mean, Hellebuck, it, I would say Hellebuck, Ehlers, Shifley. Again, you take those three guys away from this team and it would be ugly. Ehlers in particular has had a great year. They're hoping he can be back for the playoffs. But like even Dubois, like the Dubois lining trade, that one was one we talked about a lot. But neither guy has been particularly good. I haven't noticed Dubois a lot at all for Winnipeg. He was a guy that was supposed to come in, make an impact. I heard about how his father worked in the organization and he was super excited to play there. He's been okay, not great, and they're going to need him to be better. The thing with Winnipeg that they do have the advantage on, and you and I can agree on this, is they have the forward depth. They've got guys like Andrew Kopp, Ehler, Shifley, Wheeler, you know, Perot, up and down the lineup, Appleton, that can score. So the question is, can they score enough and keep the puck out of their net enough? And I think the answer is no. I, I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to walk all over them here. Now, here's the question, Mac. Uh, how many games will it take for the Oilers to beat the Jets, in your opinion? I said sweet. I think, well, because I have so much respect for Connor Hellebuck, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to steal at least one game, so I'll give him that. But I think it's going to be Edmonton and five. And the one thing that we haven't mentioned about Edmonton is Mike Smith. I mean, what a year for him. 39 years old, career best, 921 save percentage, 21-6-2 record. Outstanding. You know, great year for him. And he, he's a playoff performer, Mac. He, he's always been an underrated playoff performer. Right? And it's mostly because he was with teams like Calgary and Arizona for so long that wouldn't make the playoffs very much. But when he gets to the playoffs, he's always been pretty darn good in the playoffs. So that's a, important to mention, too. And just like the West, everyone kind of knows that this division in the North is going to go down to Toronto and Edmonton. That'll be a conversation for when and if it actually happens. But, boy, that will be an exciting series to make up for these two pretty boring series, in my opinion, in round one. And, of course, things could change. Montreal or Winnipeg could come alive here, Mac, and give us some really good hockey. But do I see it happening? No, I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else you wanted to chime in before we wrap up here? Uh. A little bit of hockey news to pass along to you, Mac, while we were recording this episode. Uh, Ottawa has re-signed Artem Zub to a two-year contract extension, and it will see Zub earn $1.75 million next season, and he will earn $3.25 million in the 2022-2023 season. Instant analysis here, Mac. This is a fabulous signing for the Senators. Zub had a great year in Ottawa, and this is a nice, cheap contract. It'll only hold an average value of two and a half million. So it doesn't even affect the salary cap much. And Zub has been a great top four pairing defenseman. And I think that Ottawa is getting a steal here. Oh, absolutely. I like that signing a lot. Uh, I'm hoping that they will move on for Matt Murray, but we'll see. I think they've got enough young goalies, especially Gustafson, who was really impressive this year, in my opinion. He's got a real future with that organization 
but we'll talk about Ottawa in another episode. We have a lot of good things to say about Ottawa this year. So stay tuned for that. But uh, before we wrap up, anything else there? I think we got to do something important here. Now I pulled up my Stanley Cup bracket from the NHL here, Mac. But I want to know if you had to make a guess right now, I don't think we've done this before. Who do you take as the Stanley Cup pick? Just for fun. Who do you think? Because it's tough. I think think it's going to go down to Toronto versus either Vegas or Colorado in the Stanley Cup. And I think it's going to be great once especially that vegas versus colorado matchup i mean that is going to be epic but i i think toronto this year there's no question for me they're going to win the first round and i think they're just going to gain confidence from that and the way they play this year that is how you succeed in the playoffs and they know that winning the division doesn't mean anything except getting home ice advantage there's one goal in mind and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm not saying they're going to win. I honestly don't know who would win between those two or three teams, but I think it will be great, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I agree with you for the most part on Toronto. I think that getting over the hump of winning around is going to do wonders for this team. I do think they'll be in tough, but this is a good team. This is a very good Toronto team. Now, I don't have them making the Stanley Cup, but you can make a very good case. The way I have my bracket set up, Mac, I have Carolina and Toronto in the conference finals. And I just, I have a soft spot for Carolina and I just have a good feeling about the Hurricanes. But with that, of course, with that being said, I think that the Leafs have a, would have a very good shot in that series. But I edge, I picked Carolina edging out Toronto. But as I said, don't, it's a coin flip. So I have the Hurricanes beating the Knights in the Stanley Cup final. And that would be a very good. Oh, wow. I mean, that would be. Uh, Yeah. Either way. I don't think we're going to get cheated out of any good series this year. The best teams are going to go, you know, all the way. I I don't think there's any question about that. Oh yeah. And I, you know, let's say Carolina Toronto is your conference final for a second. That's one of those series where you sure it sucks in the moment when your team loses, but if you're a Carolina or Toronto fan, let's say that goes to seven, which I think it would. You, you can say, yeah, we lost, but that was an epic series that could have gone either way. And and two good teams went in and only one could win. Both deserved to win, but the one team edged out the other. And that's how I've come to feel about Ottawa's 2017 run. Two really good teams entered that conference final and only one could come out victorious. And that was Pittsburgh. So anyways, uh, I've got Carolina as my Stanley Cup champion, but a lot can change. We've got a lot of great hockey coming up, Mac. I'm really looking forward to the playoffs this year. It's going to be a different playoffs than we normally see, but it doesn't make it any less exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thanks again for listening. We had fun doing this. Remember, Center Ice is presented by the National Podcast Network. Find us and many other great podcasts on their website or follow them on Twitter at NationalPodNet. Once again, you can find Center Ice wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for the white, red, and blue logo. We enjoyed this very much. We hope you did as well. Enjoy the playoffs, guys. We're looking forward to it. We will have another episode this month, and it will focus on the teams that didn't make the playoffs and what's next for them. Looking forward to that. Have a great night. 
see you later. Enjoy the games.